This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 1393. Why does police brutality happen in the United States? Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 150 million times. Are you feeling stuck with your English? We'll show you how to become fearless and fluent by focusing on connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, former IELTS examiner Jessica Beck and Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, coming to you from Denver and Portland, USA. In this second episode in our series on civil rights in the U.S., we'll look at police brutality, how and why it happens, and what we might do to stop it. Hey, Jessica, we are back here in this second episode in this special series that we're doing of episodes, guys, on civil rights in the United States, because there's been a lot of unrest, a lot of protests in the streets. And we want our listeners to really be clued in into what's going on, our take, our perspective on what's happening as we're watching it in our streets, literally. Right? Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, anytime you just see a news article and all you see is pictures of fires and stuff, and I don't know, maybe you think it's happening everywhere or maybe Mm -hmm. you think it's blown out of proportion I don't know but guys we're here to give you like our first hand takes on what's happening around us right now exactly and just a few weeks ago we gave you guys a rundown of the 12 most important events throughout history that kind of brought us to this big moment in history right now right and today though we're going to take another angle at this issue and that is today we're going to talk about police brutality and essentially the systems that are really keeping the police force uh and not being accountable, keeping them away from accountability for their actions. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And we, the reason why we're doing this series, guys, is because we have had so many insightful questions from you, from listeners. Um, And there was a question about this as well. And the student said, let's see. Okay, this is, this is a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so in general, he says, is racism really so ingrained in the U.S.? Or is it that most racists try and join the police in order to hold sway, that's a great a great phrase, Ooh, yeah. um, over common citizens and give vent to their abject instincts. Mm. And then he says, couple that with the absurd militarization of police departments, and these dramatic occurrences are not difficult to explain. So wow. again, very insightful. Yeah, very insightful from our listener. Thank you to our listener who contributed that question. Such a good question. I mean, where do you want to start with this episode today, Jessica? What should we talk about first? Well, let's let's directly address what he's asking about because yeah. it is such mm-hmm. a, an interesting observation, right? Yeah. So he's wondering, right? Like, is is racism so ingrained in the U.S.? And we did touch on this last time in the timeline episode, mm-hmm. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes, it is. Yes. Um, remember, I hope you guys listened to that bonus, but we talked about institutional racism, where it's a part of institutions like the police department, as well as systemic racism, where it's actually built into um, our laws and how and how we um, address people of color. Yeah. So, um, yes, it is ingrained. So that's the Mm -hmm. first answer. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think about this next question? Mm -hmm. Do you think racists like just would try to join the police so they could have that power? 
Yeah, I've been talking about this lately with some friends and we've been reflecting on this. You know, it's really hard to say. I think obviously everyone's different. It's hard to broad brush, you know, a generalization here. But I do think that they're, you know... You know, maybe certain personalities are driven to join the police force. Uh, It may not be racism, right? Because it's a very complicated thing, racism. But maybe it's um, a wanting to have power over people that could manifest as racism and violence against, you know, minority communities. Or it could be a sense of like fear. Maybe they don't have something stable going on at home. That kind of thing, I think, is probably happening. What do you think, Jessica? Well, definitely. I think if we just, you know, try and take a broad look at this and what is the population that police departments generally draw from, right? Mm -hmm. We're not talking about like college graduates for the most part. We're not talking about people. I mean, people don't go to school and study law and then become a policeman. No, they become a lawyer, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so if they're, you couple that lack of education, which, and couple that with maybe how one grew up and watching that show Cops and really just (sighs) glorifying violence. There's this whole episode, there's this whole podcast about that show Cops, which is fascinating. The New York Times reporter, I think, did it. Um, But if you like think about how people grow up and where they come from and then who's likely to want that gun and want that free, you know, like Mm. rain to use it, then not going to be good consequences. Yeah, that's a good point, Jessica. If you're a kid growing up in a lower middle class household, right, and you're not getting right. the messages from your parents that you're going to go to college, you're going to become right. a, you know, a doctor, a lawyer, whatever it is, an engineer, you're not getting those messages. Maybe you are at home watching something like Cops, and we have so many more TV shows that do glorify oh that, uh, yeah. right? It's a huge genre of TV show that maybe you are aspiring to that. Maybe you're th- seeing that as a heroic future for yourself, right? right? And maybe you're that's sp- how it's maybe- presented. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's with good intentions as that kid, right? That 17 year old kid, but maybe. <laughs> Exactly. When you are out in the world and there's fear added into that and power, right. it creates racism, you know? Right, exactly. And I mean, I do have more than a few cops in my extended family. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you like how hard that job is. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, it's it's so difficult. Like, how can we make that job easier <laughs> in some ways? Like, there's no um, counseling. I mean, right. the the some of these events that the people in my family had to go through, and they definitely had PTSD after that, and there oh. was no counseling. And so how Ooh. do they deal with those, um, with those emotions? They don't, well, right? That's, that's and point. then it comes out violently. Yeah, that's a really good point. And just to extend off of that, it's likely that there are a lot of, I believe a lot of people come into the police force from the military. Right. Yes. So, so imagine right. coming as a veteran and you're already suffering, as you said, with PTSD or suffering. Right. You've been in combat on the ground in Afghanistan. Who knows? And then you naturally your career progression, you're joining the police force and you're being, being given right. a gun and you haven't dealt with exactly. your own PTSD. That's a recipe for disaster. So I think a lot exactly. of it is, you know, who goes into the police force? How do we recruit? How do we pay? Right. And right. how do we train and make sh- and screen and make sure that these are the people we want on the streets? Right. And so to extend off of that training, right? Like how are we educating people before they're put on the streets? This is a huge part of um, the announcement that was made about Minneapolis Mm -hmm. dismantling, which means breaking apart. Also disbanding, which also means breaking apart. Mm -hmm. They're dismantling their police force, which is a huge headline. We're like, what? You're not going to have police anymore? Like what? (laughs) What does that mean? So 
I don't think they have figured out exactly yeah. what that means yet, but yeah. they just know that they're um, taking money away from the police force and what it looks like today is not going to exist soon. Exactly. Right? They, they want to completely redo it. Exactly. And, and you know, for our listeners, another phrase that you guys could be listening for if you're reading the news is defunding the police is another thing. Right. Now, when I because this has been thrown around like hotcakes in the last week in the news, right? Everyone is yeah. calling for this. But one thing that makes me nervous is I want to know what that means. What exactly are we calling for? Right. Because I'm all exactly. about I'm all about like if I've heard people talking about, you know, redirecting funds to social services and education so that we can try to combat crime at the beginning Right. Right. You know, right. educating people in the right environments from the start. But I really want to know because there's clearly going to be a lag time in which our new systems just are catching on and we're learning how to make it work and what's going to happen then in that in-between space. Well, I yeah, I mean, there's going to be successes and failures along mm -hmm. the way because this is a completely new thing for America to try and even do this. Yeah. I mean, this is this is what's so amazing to me, guys, is that the protests worked. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how often have we seen huge movements like um, the women's yeah. marches? Right. I, <clears throat> I mean, that didn't yeah. really change much. But now <laughs> I feel like this is actually doing something. It is. I think it's changing public opinion. I think it's swaying just in the same way that the whole wave of gay marriage came in around 2013. All of a sudden, government was ready to make the change. I think this yeah. is creating that social change the way people think. But I wouldn't be quite so quick to say it's worked. Right. Because we actually need to see real change. And I think, That's you know, true. we've had pro yeah. protests, we've had riots in the past and nothing has changed. So I would I would wait to see what really does come out of this. Obviously, this is going to oh, these sure. decisions are going to be made on a state level, right? I mean, that's one thing that's unique about our country is a lot of decisions are made on the state level, not so much on the national level. So something could be very sure. different in Kentucky versus California. Right. Well, I mean, this is a lesson we learned from the coronavirus is that we don't have leadership right now that is willing right. to take control yeah. um, and instead just wants to send out tweets to cause more violence oh. and make people mad. Yeah. Right. So we have no leadership yeah. right now, basically. And, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I mean for good or for ill, this is up to like the individual states and maybe sometimes individual cities. Yeah. Because the city's police force could have different rules than like another mm, city's, right? That's true. I mean, one thing that I would like to see here is voter registration happening at these riots. You know, that's something that I, you know, at, yeah. the, at these protests, I would like to see people on the ground. Maybe that is happening. I'm not sure. I haven't been down there. Um, but I would like to see people actively registering people to vote because that is really what, what the first step needs to be. You know, we can be out on the streets right. protesting all all day and all night. But if right. leadership doesn't change, absolutely nothing right. will change. Right? Exactly. Oh, my God. And it's coming so soon. Um, okay, so let's get back to <laughs> the the protests themselves, guys, because we had another good question from a listener. Is there any difference between looting and vandalizing? So um, that's a great question. Um, vandalizing just means like causing property damage, mm -hmm. right? So maybe spray painting or breaking something. But looting is actually stealing things from stores. Yep. So unfortunately, both of those criminal Acts have been occurring at the protests, yeah. um, which takes away the message of the protest. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really unfortunate that people would be taking advantage of this time for personal gain. And I mean, if I look at the conservative people in my family, they're they're taking those acts, those violent acts, as a whole reason to discredit the protests in general. Yeah. So it's really hurting the message. It yeah. really is. And sometimes I wonder if there are outside groups that are coming in and are causing most, yeah. are doing most of the looting and vandalizing. 
interesting because I do think that there's, you know, the, obviously the core group of protesters that just want change, right? They right. just, you know, I, I don't know that it's that group that's causing the damage as much. I think there may be other groups coming in that want to sow division in our country. And I think we're going to oh, find definitely. out more about that in the future. I think we're going to oh find out gosh. who's really involved, honestly. It will be revealed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. Yeah, there are. There are. Where yeah. that's coming from. Yeah, but exactly. I know in Portland, just one more note about that. The Saturday protests, the the peaceful protesters were actually um, stopping people from committing these crimes. Like mm -hmm. they were actually self-policing to make sure that the oh. protest was carried out. Awesome. So um, it is possible. I love right? that. I love that. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. So let's let's answer... Let's go back to the 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 police brutality question. So, yeah. why is it so why is it so hard to stop this? Like, why can't we just punish the bad people yeah. and then other people learn not to do it? Right. That, that's a great question. Sorry about that. Uh, that's a great question. So, unions are a big thing, apparently, from what I have learned. So, guys, listen to the episode from the Daily, the Daily podcast from the New York Times. It'll go into more detail on this. An episode called "The Systems That Protect the Police." So, what they talked about in that episode is the impact of unions, right? Where police officers pay to be a part of this club that kind of supports them, defends them. Yeah. And in many places, there's a time and place for a union, teachers unions. But sure. I think a lot of times um, things, bad things can happen through these unions. For example, it becomes hard for a new police chief to come in and clean up a department if a certain act of abuse was not punished in the past by another Jeez. officer, right? When the, the next person commits that act of abuse, it becomes hard because there's already that precedent that that act was not punished. Things like that. That is that. so shocking. So mm -hmm. let me let me give you guys an example of that, okay? So let's take let's take Minneapolis, for yeah. example, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say, for instance, that um thirty years ago, right? Yeah. Or twenty years ago or whatever, um, a policeman had killed someone by putting his knee on his neck, let's say. Right. Same thing. Right. Yeah. And then it happens again with George Floyd. The union could come in and say, look, this happened before and that policeman right. didn't get punished 20 years ago. So you mm -hmm. can't punish my guy right now. Right. That's the idea. That's the idea. And yeah. so, guys, I want you to you know, consider this episode a jumping off point for you. It's not the be all end all. I like that phrase, by the way. Be all end all. <laughs> uh, go and listen to that episode. It's a great way to immerse yourself in native English and really get the facts, really understand this issue of the unions and the police department in depth. I really want you guys to do that. Yeah. I am going to do that to you guys because <clears throat> yeah. I didn't listen to that either. Um, so let's let's finish up today, Lindsay, by talking about like our, our future hopes. Like, yeah. so it does seem like more mayors are sort of committing to um, defunding police to some mm -hmm. extent, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So where should those funds yeah. go? Yeah, like I said before, I would like, and again, we're just brand new with this idea. I want to make sure yeah. that we really prepare and understand exactly what we're doing. But I think that a lot of our systems, social systems are underfunded. You know, uh, yeah. you know, kids education, daycare, um, all those things like that, that eventually could contribute to crime later down the line, I think need yep. to be buffed up and need to be supported more with funds. We could redirect those funds. Yeah. Schools and education for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As someone who, you know, my son is in the public school system. Um, we need a lot more <laughs> money for education, guys. But yeah. also one of the biggest things, honestly, is mental health. Yes. Um, yeah. This also just touching back to that timeline we did on the last episode. Um, another thing that came out of the Reagan era was a lot of uh, mental 
medical hospitals and resources were defunded, were closed. Mm-hmm. And so those people were put on the streets, which increased homelessness and crime, by yep. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just reading an article that says, I think like half, yes, so I'm looking at it now, half of police killings involve someone living with a mental illness or disability. Oh. And guys, the police are not trained in how to deal with people um, experiencing those problems. Mm-hmm. So instead, we need we need experts. Um, yeah. We need counselors. We need people who specialize in mental health. Mm-hmm. And we need more facilities for people experiencing those problems. Think of all the issues that are going to come from the coronavirus, oh, right? From oh, like, yeah. people losing homes and all, just oh, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. We're going to need more yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. counseling. Yeah. yeah, and we need to pay the, those people better, too. I don't think the counselors right. are necessarily paid very well in that area oh, no. of social work. Um, so more people need to want to go into that field. So yeah. so that means better pay, right? For sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Jessica, that we just can't leave out of this whole issue. Mental health um, and education. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, keep your eyes open for headlines and read these articles when you see these terms, defund the police, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really just um, a fascinating time to be alive right now, guys. And for good mm-hmm. or ill, our world is changing. I mean, as Americans, right? Like Lindsay and I are feeling this. Mm-hmm. This is momentous. Um, yeah. And so, guys, it is very important for us that you would understand what's yes. happening because we know you have questions. So please send us your questions if you, you know, have more <laughs> about mm-hmm. this. And I'm sure you do. Um, you could send them to Lindsay, Lindsay at allearsenglish.com or me, Jessica at allearsenglish.com. Absolutely. And guys, in the next episode in this series, we're going to take a look at this from the political angle. All right. We're going to look at the Trump presidency. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to do it in 15 to 20 minutes, but we're going to (laughs) try. Um, and we're going to look because that obviously has cre- you know brought us to this head of this moment, right? Oh, I gosh, don't yeah. think we'd be in this place if, you know, maybe we would because this is still an issue that's, you know, long term issue. But I think that Trump has really stoked the fires, like oh, stoked yeah. the flames here. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I can't wait for that conversation. Ooh, it's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one. So, guys, tune in. It'll be in a couple of weeks down the road. All right. Very awesome. cool. Okay, Jessica, good to talk to you today. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you, Lindsay. Okay, Bye. take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to All Ears English. If you are taking IELTS this year, get your estimated band score with our two-minute quiz. Go to allearsenglish.com slash my score. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then hit subscribe now to make sure you don't miss anything. See you next time.